Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Good to see you again. The day of the Lord. We are and I am excited that we have this opportunity to go through uh, his word. And last week we started this uh, short book, short with a lot of uh, passion. Jude, as we talked about him last week, very passionate. And uh, hopefully we'll go through it today and see uh, the rest of the content or what he wanted his readers to get through. Before we do that, let us pray. Lord, we thank you again for the privilege to come before your presence. We ask that as we read your word and go through it, that your spirit will speak to us, you'll convict us, you will instruct us to righteousness as we listen to your voice as uh, put down on these papers, these pages. So help us and give us understanding in Jesus' name, amen. We already did a lengthy uh, introduction about Jude. And we only went through uh, two verses, but I'll just read through for us to get the whole uh, heart of Jude as he writes this. Jude, a born servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who are called sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common faith, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of God into lewdness or lasciviousness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you through, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, 
but left thereon aboard, he is reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, all these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally. Like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and run greedily in the error of Balaam for, for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are sports in your love feasts, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. Raging waves of sea, forming up their own shame, wandering stirs of whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about this man, also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with the ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all who, on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all the ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own laws. They, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which was spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, 
Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. But on others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. What a beautiful crafted letter by Jude. As we now know that he's Jude, the half-brother of Jesus Christ, the brother of James. He's writing this letter with a lot of passion. And today the mood of the text is, is a warlike text. He's calling us into battle, entering into a battlefield. That is why he's telling us to contend honestly. For what? For our faith. He says here in verses 3, that beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, so the, the one thing that would help us as we go through God's word is always to be a words person. You know, read words in the Bible and try to see what they really mean so that you'll get the context of uh, what the writer is writing to us. So you say, it, when he was thinking about it, He's seen a lot of things in church, the things that are happening, and he basically wants to encourage young believers from, you know, those who are Hebrews and the Gentiles, those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to write to them about our common sub, uh, salvation, a subject in which all Christians have interest in. I want to write to you about love. I want to write to you about forgiveness. I want to write to you about all these subjects to encourage you to keep on holding on to the Lord. Because as we see, the days are approaching. And the, the, just the, the parts we have read, you see a, a lot of similarities with what we studied in 2 Peter chapter 2. Talking about this last time and these false pro, uh, teachers and prophets and how they, Peter said they will come, but he says they have already crept into the church. They are already in the church. Concerning our common salvation, but I found it necessary to write to exhort you to contend honestly for the faith, 
to fight for the faith. Don't just sit and assume things. Fight for it. Why? Because we have people who have come into the church. They are already in the church. And their motives is to drag you away from the grace of God. They have turned the grace of God into lewdness. The change of mind in his subject was to show us and the audience the seriousness of this content, what he wants to talk about. First Corinthians 15, 15.33, Paul writes and says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Do not be deceived. So as this warning is lingering in our minds, when we keep bad company, they will for sure corrupt our minds. And this bad company, they don't always shout out to people and say, hey, I am a bad company. They don't do that. They don't raise their voices and say, hey, don't come near me. I will lie to you. I will deceive you. I will do this to you. They don't do that. They come into the church slowly. They speak the language that you know, the language that you have heard many times. And so in this next part, we will see the acts of the apostates. Quite a bunch of them that I've seen here, you can add to the list after we've had what I came out with. Number one, do you know what they do? They creep in unnoticed. It is not like someone who is very passionate with the gospel and you will meet people on the street and your passion and the love for Christ drives you to go and share the love with them, drives you to people's houses to go and bless them. It is not like them. They creep in unnoticed. And basically, they settle in alongside the church they do the things that the church does. They speak the language that we speak, but their motives are different. That is why we are supposed to be very sensitive. Every Christian, every born-again believer, we got to have basic discernment to know right from wrong, to know the truth from, apart from the lies. They settle in alongside, unnoticed, because they speak a language that we know to the believers. But it does not give life. Whatever they speak, however much it seems very nice, it does not carry life with it. They creep in. Unnoticed. 
And then the second thing is they've turned God's grace to lewdness. They've turned God's grace to lewdness. What is this little word here? Lewdness or lasciviousness. The other words that are related to lewdness are carnality, indecency, debauchery, and listen to this last one, pornography. All these things are tied to this word lewdness. And you know, only this word pornography, which includes prostitution, extramarital sexual intercourse, pedophilia, promiscuity, homosexuality, lesbianism, incest, premarital sex, and bestiality, and the list goes on and on. So he's writing to us to warn us and to know who these people are. Certain men, they've crept in and noticed. They were marked for what? For condemnation. And they have turned God's grace into lewdness. They use God's name to achieve their physical needs. They deceive people. They come in, tend to be very nice. They speak the language. You know, they, uh, the, 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 the Bible is very categorical when it mentions about, you know, God's grace and the sin that easily entangles us. It will mention it plainly. And these people, they will not miss to mention something that is good. Because you listen to their sermons, you'll be like, yeah, this statement is correct. These words is actually in the Bible. These, 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 I've heard it. Even from other preachers that you like, other parts of the Bible, you read this and like, yeah. That is, seems nice. But it's been sugar-coated. It's been sugar-coated. Their intentions are never right. Their intentions are never right. They've turned God's grace into lewdness. They say whatever happens to you in the body doesn't really matter. God's look at the spirit. So whatever you do with your body doesn't really matter. So keep on doing what you do. You know, go preach, go give people food. But when your flesh tells you to get that person, get that, you know, do whatever you want. While even right in the beginning when God was giving the children of Israel these laws, he said, hey, do not even desire someone's wife. <laughs> Don't do that. These people, they don't only desire people's wives and other people's children. They go into them. They've turned God's grace into lewdness. 
carnal mind, carnal people. And they deny. Number three, they deny God. How do they do that? They have their form of godliness, but they deny God's power. They have a form of godliness, something that seems Christian-ish, but it is not of God. They deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The number four, they are filled with delusion. The Bible calls them dreamers in verses eight. Likewise, all these dreamers, they defile the flesh. Filled with delusions, filthy dreamers. Whatever they think about, it's not godly not of the Spirit, does not lead people to Christ. It leads people to them. They don't lead people to God. They lead people to themselves. This is what he says. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe. So do not be deceived at all. If God delivered his own people, all these people, out of the land where there were slaves, gave them freedom like you guys are free to serve me, I will provide for you. I mean, how? Think about it. By the day, God is leading them. Theophany, God is leading them by the clouds, daily. I mean, you just know that when you wake up, he's saying, we are going this direction. We are going, we don't know where we are going, but as soon as we see these clouds, we know that this is the direction. When they're traveling by night, they will see a pillar of fire, and they know that this is God, and he's saying, we go this direction. I mean, how deluded can we be that God is saying, hey, follow me, go this way. But we want to do the things according to our flesh and our desires, the things that are pleasant to our flesh. He he, is saying, hey, you remember when we read, uh, when we went through 2 Peter, he told us, that he, he, he brought the example of uh, the time of Noah, the rebellion of these people. They had the gospel, but they never received Christ. They never turned from it. What did happen? God destroyed them. God destroyed them. And he's saying here, hey, God himself saved them from Egypt, And those who rebelled, he did what? (laughs) He destroyed them. Those who were going against his will, he opened the earth, they were swallowed. The earth is sealed back. 
you can plant some mboga right there. <laughs> Disobedience. Man, God hates it when people disobey his word. Destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain. These are angels who went down with Satan, but left their own abode. Has, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, see, this sin turning from God, the turning God's grace into lusciviousness, these people, there's a lot of, you know, sensuality that is happening with these people. There's a lot of things they do that if you're sensitive, you just see that, hey, this, this is not of God. This is of the flesh, and I should not entertain it. Because the problem is, as Paul wrote to Timothy, say, hey, we will heap, people will heap to themselves. Teachers who say these itchy words, the things I want to hear. And because we love our sin, and these people, they keep on encouraging us to live in that life, so we stick around them. We don't go away. And if we find people who will rebuke us and tell us, hey, that is wrong and you need to repent, we run away from church. And that is what Jude is doing. Say, hey, I thought of encouraging us, the words of love and all this. Actually, this is so loving to tell people the truth. Saying, these men, they have crept into the church. They are with you. They are no longer out there. Because everyone who is out there, we know what they do out there. But these ones, they have come right into the church. They have given themselves to sexual immorality. I mean, why does he keep on mentioning these words? Because it is a problem. If we are not amongst them, we are tempted by these very things. On our daily lives, if you'll be honest with yourselves, you'll know that you're tempted with these things daily. And what has kept you is your consistency in following God's word. If you're not consistent, you will give yourself to these things quick. Trust me, very quick. And I've gone after strange flesh. And in this context, as he's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, we know what the strange flesh is. Men desiring men. Women desiring women to go into them. We learned from the second letter of Peter that these people, they'll be destroyed. They'll go down. 
And nowadays, it beca- it's becoming an offense to mention these things on the pulpit because we have people who do these things and they, they come into the church and like, hey, don't, 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 don't judge us. We will. Because the scriptures, the Bible gives us the permission to do so. We shall know them by their fruits. And if we know it and mention it to you and you don't like, the door is right there. What we are trying to do is to live a holy life, a life that is pleasing to God. As we see these days approaching, we don't want to give ourselves to lewdness. We don't want to give ourselves to strange flesh. It says in Romans, and God gave them over because that is what they desired. God gave them over and said, well, you guys do whatever you want to do. But know that at the end, destruction is looming against all the children and the sons of disobedience. Gone against, gone towards this strange flesh. Whatever we have read from them is set as an example for us so that we don't fall into the same category. These people, they are filled with delusion. Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh. I mean, he's talking about the flesh a lot. (laughs) They defile the flesh. Reject authority and speak evil of dignitary. Another point is how to know these apostates is they speak evil of dignitaries. Those with honor, they speak evil against them. Why? Because they want to be the ones in church. So they despise other authorities that are set as they want to elevate themselves above, thinking that they're the only ones who are having authority. (laughs) Do you know whose idea that was? To rise above? That was Satan. (laughs) The Bible says, you know, he, he thought to himself by the, he didn't even say, he thought to himself that I will arise above the throne of God. You hear these words, I will, I will, I will. Know the similarities and where they come from. They despise authority. They speak evil of dignitaries. Yet, Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, this is a big deal. This is happening in our world today in, you know, every other place. Now, listen to what he says here. This is actually a story that you cannot trace in any other 
part of the Bible. They, many scholars say this is pulled from, you know, a book called the Book of Enoch that was written with some other people that did not go through the canonical approvement, but yet the idea is borrowed from there that there was a fight between the archangel and the devil. And they were contending or they were fighting for what? The body of Moses. And why were they even fighting about the body of Moses? A lot of debates about it. Some say because, you know, Moses has to be presented as a person who um, was in charge of giving the law to God's people. And Elijah was in charge of, you know, bringing all these prophecies. That is why in the Mount of Transfiguration, there was Moses and Elijah. A lot of things around it. But the point that is drawing us to, he says, these dreamers, they defile flesh and they reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. It doesn't matter who this is, whether they're in government, whether it's Satan himself, they speak evil of them every time. Yet, Michael, the archangel in contending with the devil, did not say any word. He did not say, Satan, I send you back to sender. I do this, I, I capture you, I throw you down, I kick you. He didn't say all this gymnastic that we say. Do you know what he simply said? The Lord rebuke you. In every fight that you want to get yourself involved, oh, we're already in a fight. So in all these fights, get Jesus in between and you'll be safe. If Jesus is right between you and the devil, you're safe. He cannot go through. This angel did not bring against him reviling accusation, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. And this is a caution to all of us. Whenever you have an opportunity to pray for people you know, sicknesses and all that stuff. Pray for the will of God. Don't speak as if you have the authority. Remember, you're a mortal being. You're saved by grace. So whatever we do, we do it in the name of Jesus Christ. As we worship, as we lift our hands and praying for people, the Bible says, you know, is there anyone sick amongst you? Bring this person to the elders. And the elders will lay hands on him and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Not all the big words that we are told these people, they speak very big words that have nothing in them. All these big words are just to scare people. Scare people to think that they're so important. You know, they know things. No, they don't, because they haven't read this part of the Bible. I capture you. <laughs> I kill you. 
You cannot kill the devil. <laughs> By what authority do you have to do that? If God himself is he's the one who actually, he's bound them, he's kept them somewhere, who do you think you were? <laughs> All you need to do is say, hey, the Lord rebukes you. The Lord rebukes you. This is big time. And this is what these people use you. You hear people on TVs, man, whatever they say out there, they don't know how much they are in trouble with God. They don't know. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but say, the Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. They, they don't know who God is. They don't even know who the devil is. They don't know what is happening. They're just babbling words. But you know what their intention is? To find gain for themselves. To have authority over people. Because when they appear to having authority, then people follow them. We have mentioned it before, and I've mentioned it before, that before you follow people, know who they are, know what they stand for, know what they do, interact with their lives. They speak evil of dignitaries. Number seven, they are selfish. <laughs> they only serve themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone into the way of Cain, have run greedily into the era of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are souls in your lafis, while they speak, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. How would you know that they, they are false? when they only want to serve themselves and they want to be served. That is actually the opposite of what a good servant of God is because they serve people. These ones, they only serve themselves. They are greedy, greedy, feeding themselves and leaving the sheep Dying of anger. Let's go down and then we'll come back to this rebellion of Korah. They are clouds without water. That is another point, how to note them. They are clouds without water. What does that mean? They give people false hope. I mean, every time we see the clouds, we get encouraged that, hey, it's, it's going to rain. We, the, the, the earth is going to be watered and, you know, we are going to receive food. There's an encouragement that is not, we are not going to die without food. 
there's something that is going to happen. But then, this is the opposite of what we see from them. They are clouds without water, which means they give people a false hope. It's like what people do with the, the mobile phones today. Because they don't want you to go, you ask, hey, where are you? Um, I'm, I'm right here. What is this place? Uh, Brookside. <laughs> Brookside. And you know where they are? Capsirid. <laughs> They're giving you what? A false hope to keep you longing for their presence to come. Have you done that before? Why are you guys laughing? All of you are victims. You guys need to repent. Come to the altar or we add you communion. Why? Because people like hope. But you know what the Bible says? That hope does not disappoint. Hope that is from God, it does not disappoint. Why, if God says something, you can take it to the bank. It is as sure as he just said it. He will do it. But man, these people, clouds without rain. (laughs) Uh, The other point is they bear no fruit. They give empty promises. Their works are dead. The works are dead. Raging waves of sea, forming up their own shame, wandering stars. The Bible calls them what? Wandering stars. And you know, you know what they want to become? All of them, they want to become stars so that people will see them. People will know who they are. They want to be famous all over the world. They will visit your homes and every other country. They're raging. First of all, he calls them raging waves of the sea. Swelling pride and vanity. They are arrogant. They are boasty. They are noisy. They are restless. Uneasy, turbulent spirits. All these things describe these raging waves of the sea, wandering stir. Why? Because, you know, they are popular, but they never settle. <laughs> they never settle in a place. When they realize that they have lied to people and people are getting their lies in this place, they move to the next place. Move to the next town. Move to the next town to continue the lie. They have an appearance of a star, but they are ablaze of what has no consistency. It will come off quickly. It is a seeming light. They have zeal, warmth, and charisma, but nothing is never enough for them. They keep wandering from door to door, nation to nation. They wonder to fulfill their carnal lusts. Wandering stars. And another thing he says 
is they are gamblers. They are murmurers. They complain every time. Complain. And most of this complaint, they crafted in a way that it will come to you and in response, you'll do something about it. You know what you'll do? You'll give your resources after they're done with their complaining. They speak great swelling words. They have puffed knowledge. This might point to their acquired knowledge, great achievement of learning, their empty and vain doctrine, their high flights, their rhetorical start, and their bombast language. They know what to say. They know how to behave. They know how to present themselves with expensive clothings so that you will respect them. You will respect their looks. And you will respect the words they say because they will mention to you every school they have gone to, which is unnecessary or not related to God's word. Some of them have even gone to seminaries, Bible college, and they have degrees and all this. Swelling words and big titles, as we were learning last week. Doctor, Reverend, Archbishop, so and so. If you miss one of these titles as you write to them, they don't respond to you <laughs> because you disrespected them. One time we were in an event, and then one of them, a bishop, we invited him as a pastor to come and greet the con congregation. He got mad. He didn't even say hi to us after the meeting. And when he got the, the microphone, he introduced himself as Bishop so-and-so. I'm like, what? why are you so fascinated with these things? Do we have a book in heaven that says, hey, this, is side, this side is for the bishops? <laughs> in heaven or in the sight of God, we are all his children. We just have re different responsibilities to discharge. Whatever bishop you are. It's a good word that has been misused. They speak great swelling words. The other thing is, they flatter people to gain advantage. They say flattery things. And when you're flattered, you know what happens? You jump into your pocket easy, quick. Before you know it, you're broke. You go look for something else. This is, I don't know why it takes us too long to notice this, but it is basically a pyramid scheme. Okay? So everyone at the bottom... They always are in need. And they are the ones who normally give. But the one at the top, he receives every time. From who? For those who are needy. So you're needy, you go sell your land, you bring to them. Who buys the airplane? Them. Who buys a big vehicle? It's them. Who does this? It's them. With whose money? With your money. Because you had something on TV like your touch and you like... God has spoken to me. 
Really? He's just convinced you greatly because they know what to say. In a congregation where you have more than 50 people, there are people who are sick, there are people who want a visa, people who want school fees, people who want this and that. So when you mention all these things, trust me, you'll get a bunch who are in that category, who need God to help them. So they use these needs because they know we are needy, and in turn we respond as we give and we remain. Sometimes God will be merciful to us because he's just God and knows our situation and come through for us, not because of these people, but because of God. But nevertheless, let's be warned. Jesus, you know what Jesus said when he was talking to the Pharisees? He said, these people, they will cross land and sea to make one proselyte twice the son of hell that they are. Which means already, their destiny is known, the sons of hell. And the, what they do, they make you twice as much. So as they're speaking to you, you're getting lost more. It's dangerous to listen to these people. We have said it time after times. If you don't know two, three, four, five of them, you are probably listening to them daily. You're listening to them. Flattering people to gain. They are respecter of persons. Right? They have studied how to please men. The reason why I say they are respecter of persons is because they know. They know who has money and who doesn't. They know which pocket to go to. They know who to have lunch with. They know who to visit at their homes. They don't visit everyone. They have classes of people. You know, if it's that other person over there, he will send, you know, the deacon to go visit them. <laughs> if it's that person over there, he will fuel his car and go visit them because he knows at the end there might be an envelope, something big. They're crafty. They know that. Then let's go back to this verse, verse 11. Say, woe to them, for they have gone to the way of Cain. They have, greed, they have run greedily in the era of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. All these three persons represent one person who is a false teacher. Okay, and what are these things? Number one, what is the way of Cain? It, this is religion without God. It's a humanistic way of worship. You remember when God asked him, where his brother was, hey, I'm not my brother's keeper. Because God knew what was creeping in his heart to do. Because his sacrifice was not accepted because, you know, it was not from the heart. It was a face-valued sacrifice. It is presenting this as nice, but in the inside, it's rotten. It is people 
creating a phase or saying words that has, you know, Christian orthodoxy, kind of. But deep inside, there's no worship of God. Isaiah says that these people, they worship me with their mouth, but their hearts far away. So these, the way of Cain is this way, worshiping God with lip service while their hearts are far away from God. And number two is the error of Balaam. This was a prophet who was very gifted, but then because of his greed, he went and gathered a lot of money from Balak the king to go and curse God's people. So the error of Balaam is greed, craving for a lot of profit apart from God, but using God's name and resources to get them. They'll use God's name to gain things. But in this context, we see what happened. He tried to curse God's people. God did not allow it to happen. But what he went home with was a lot of money. <laughs> he went with a lot of money. And number three is the rebellion of Korah. That is rebelling against authority and discharging priestly duties without the call. These lived in the time of Moses. They say, ah, it is not only Moses and these are the people who can offer sacrifice. We can do that. We can do that. We're able to do that. They will despise the set authority and do whatever they want. And this, is, this was the rebellion of Korah. You want to discharge priestly um, duties without the call of God. These people, they're never called. They have called themselves. He says in verse 17, But you, beloved, remember the words that were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. And he, he likes this word, ungodly. <laughs> ungodly, ungodly, ungodly. These are sensual persons who cause division, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, build yourself. Now this is to the beloved... What is he saying? Addressing the beloved. Number one, what you need to do is build yourselves up. I'll just mention them because we are out of time. Number one, build yourself up. Number two, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Number three, keep yourselves in God's love. Number four, patiently wait because God is coming back. Number five, fix your eyes on eternity. Fix your eyeballs on eternity. Number six, be gracious to those who doubt because we have many of them in church who are still doubting. Be gracious 
to them. Then number seven, witness to the non-believers. Number eight, be compassionate as you maintain a healthy distance, lest you fall to the same. As you're being passionate and you're sharing the gospel and people are coming with these issues, sometimes if you're not careful, if you're not standing your ground, you'll fall into the same temptation. Be on guard. And lastly, despise or hate all sins. Not one, all sins. But you, beloved, building yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. What is it? Praying in the Holy Spirit. That is praying according to the will of God. Praying according to the word of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some, have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. And then at the end, he gives this Wonderful benediction. Now to him, as I welcome the worship team, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Wow. Do you know that it is only God who is able to keep you? You cannot keep yourself. You have no strength to do that. Say, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, from wandering, and to present you faultless. Who does that? It is God presenting you faultless before who? Before himself. What a wonderful God. Before his presence, before the presence of his glory, with exceeding what? Joy. He keeps you from stumbling, and then he presents you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Wow. Is God doing this for you? Not grudgingly, but with joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. In other words, he's saying, hey, if you have an ear, you have listened to God's word. But in whatever you do, let all glory, dominion, power, both now and forever, be given back to who? To God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of hearing your word. Thank you for reminding us of all this truth. 
thank you that we are learning to follow you. Help us to contend as your servant Jude says to us, to contend for the faith. Never to give up. We know there are many people in the world who have come to deceive your people. But Lord, we pray that you'll keep us safe. Unto him who is able to keep us from stumbling, and that is you, O oh God. And to present us faultless before your majesty. Thank you for that privilege. And thank you that you're able to do that for us. We don't have strength to do it. Then thank you, Lord. As we give to you this morning, we pray that it will give that which brings glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.